now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He woke up sick this morning, guys. Hashtag save Abe. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 397. 397. Getting there. Getting up there. We, we've we've already accomplished my favorite goal, which is having an episode for every day of the year. But we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're we're, we're almost at 400. That should be fun too. Um, this week we're talking the Invisible Man, the latest telling of a story of an Invisible Man. And joining me today to discuss said movie we have from Joe Blow and Flicks for Fans. He's not alone. It's Jimmy O. He's right behind me. I know it. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> also joining us from Why So Blue in the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast. Now you see him and now you still see him. It's Brandon Peters. <laughs> Watching Jimmy in his room. Hello. Yeah, he does. That's my, uh, that's my favorite Buddy Holly song. A lot. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly joining us, coming in from New York. He's a true universal classic. It's Maxwell Hatted. Hi. How? Look! <laughs> How are all of you doing this evening? Splendid. Pretty good. Absolutely, positively, stupendously lovely right now. Wow. Good. I don't yeah. think I've ever felt like that in my entire life. <laughs> uh, it's only occasionally, you know. <laughs> well, the right drugs. Good. I, I I'm glad to have you guys all here. <laughs> I, I like what I've assembled here. We have some of the, the regular members of our, well, the podcast in general, but also the horror episodes that we do, and of course, an Ichabod Cranecast reunion. So, I mean, this is all working out pretty well. Oh, yeah. Mind. Oh, yeah. Four oh, boys wow. here to talk the female empowerment horror movie of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did it. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're talking about The Invisible Man, but we got plenty of stuff to get to first. First up, some show notes. Um, let's see. Uh, commentary track. Uh, Brandon, you were on our recent commentary track we did for Witness. I was! I was a witness! <laughs> you were a witness to the Witness commentary track, which was a lot of fun to do, <laughs> but it is a new month, which means we'll be doing a new commentary track, so we gotta we gotta figure out what that's gonna be, but we will have something for you, and it will probably be pretty good. I have some ideas, actually. I just remembered what it was, too, and I'm gonna tell you about that after the show. Um, what else do we have going? Uh, I mentioned it's episode 397. We're coming up on our 400th episode. The plan for that 400th episode is that Abe and I are going to go over what our favorite films of last decade were, which I think is going to be a lot of fun, and I'd like like just extend my invitation to you guys right now if you want to come up with some uh, if you haven't thought of these kind of lists already if you want to uh, you know think about that and I'll be sure to get back to you guys as far as providing maybe like a recording or a cool list I can read off on the show or something but we're, we we got some it's gonna be fun um, Angry Birds too I mean it's on Netflix now so I gotta watch oh, it because I didn't see it yet so I gotta make sure oh dear. I've, actually, I've never seen an Angry Birds <laughs> movie so never mind but yeah that is, that is the plan for our forward episode there should be a lot of fun to be had there. Um, what else? iTunes reviews and ratings. It's good to get those. It helps out our show. Helps other people find our show. If you want to log mm -hmm. into iTunes, search for out now there You can do just that. You can find our show and you can give us a rating and review. That'd be great. Thank you in advance. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for show notes for now. I gotta I gotta remind myself this giant stack of Blu-rays that I have nothing to do with except give away. I need to actually give them away. So we will get together. We'll try, we'll try to try to rope together some contests to put uh, out there. Um, what else here? Um, well, that's it. Yeah, that's show notes. Let's move on. Let's get to some know everybody. We each week we ask each other, we, each week we ask each other a question or two. Try to set the tone for the podcast. I better get to know everybody. All right. I have a question for you guys. 
Mm-hmm. Who was the scariest Universal monster? Which one do you consider to be the scariest? Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Um, uh, Pass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't see them as scary. I mean, I, I think they. I guess Dracula, maybe, but even he's kind of got. They're kind of sympathetic. They're all kind of sympathetic uh, in a way. I guess uh, maybe. No. Either Frankenstein's no. monster or no. like the Wolfman. Because no. the no, makeup of the Wolfman when I was a kid, man, that was some creepy stuff. And he was uncontrollable. I don't care how sympathetic he is. When he turns into a damn wolf, he's going to get you. I mean, yeah, I'm not asking well, like which movie scares you the most. I'm asking which of the monsters, like if you open a door and you're like, no, not him. Like, which is the one that would scare you the most? I'd, I'd want to pet the Wolfman. <laughs> Here's what but I'll it, say. Yeah. At Halloween Horror Nights last year in Orlando, they had a Universal Monsters house, and the one that got me with the best jump scare was the Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Ooh, that's a good one. I'll go with that one, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Was it the the silent film Phantom of the Opera, or was it the uh, one they had during their monster run, Phantom of the Opera? Or was, think... or was it Gerard Butler? The it was... <laughs> Certainly, the Gerard Butler Phantom is the scariest one. <laughs> yeah, obviously. I, li- I like the part in that movie where he's like, "This is opera," and then he kicks um, he kicks the girl into the uh, canal, and they go down together. Speaking of the one that should have been a silent movie, <laughs> one of the best films ever made. So, Jimmy, you have no answer. I- I'm good with the the the. the I don't know. Creature from the Black Lagoon. I'll go with him. He's cool. Even when he walks among us, especially. Oh, yeah. 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 Exactly. Where's that t-shirt? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Damn right. right. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's how you play. No, everybody. Let's move on. Now, let's get to some now quickies. TM. Thank you. Each one now. TM. Thank you, Brandon. Okay. Let, let's start. Let's start with Maxwell. Maxwell, what other movies have you seen recently? Um, yeah, so I saw Wendy by Ben Zeitlin. His much uh, uh, weighted follow up to Beast of the Southern Wild. Um, I had some issues with the storytelling choices, but the visuals and the score were so fantastic that I still managed to mostly get swept up in the world. And in particular, I thought there's been so many adaptations of the Peter Pan story. And this was the first one in a very long time that actually felt fresh and unique. And like it was justified to tell this particular story again. Um, But yeah, the score is mind-blowingly good. I also saw Onward, which I enjoyed quite a bit, and it made me cry. All right. I assume you were a fan of Beasts of the Southern Wild. A huge fan. Okay, yeah. I was too. It made my top 100 of the decade. So (laughs) I I am looking. Spoiler. Yeah, I know. It's in the 90s. Um, I was, but I, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to Wendy. It kind of, even for press, it just kind of like came by and like I had no chance to like actually see the movie at a screening beforehand. Yeah, I think it's only in four theaters uh, yeah. right now. So and, and it did not do great for uh, that kind of a movie. So I'm hoping it platforms. No, it didn't do it. I'm, I'm hoping it, you know, gets out there a little bit, at least at least my way, so I can. It was to... the first movie I had seen that just said Searchlight and not Fuck Searchlight. That was, I, uh, I saw better, Downhill did better, that as well. Yeah, it's uh, bleep bleep Maxwell's uh, F word out of there, Aaron. <laughs> Disney's not gonna allow you into any screenings. Yeah. Or their parks. <laughs> um, yeah. 
That would be like the end of my life. So please do bleep that. Yes. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out. Anna and I are going to go see that as soon as we can. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy O, what have you seen recently? Gosh, I really, um, I haven't seen much because I've been so busy and I've, I've missed the Impractical Jokers movie, which is really upsetting for me because I really want to see it. I want to see Onward simply because of that gosh darn amazing Brandy Carlisle song that should win the Oscar this year. Because if there is no other song that will be good enough, period. Um, it was a great song. Uh, no, I, I really, I haven't watched anything this week. I've uh, been busy doing other stuff, and I kind of took the week off from movies. Okay. So, yeah, so I really, yeah, I, I watched uh, some impractical joke. Oh, wait, wait, <laughs> no, I did. I watched Ma again with Octavia oh. Spencer. <laughs> Maxwell, so, you hate that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that movie so much. It's not very it's, good. So it's much. It's one that I didn't mind in theaters. I'll be honest. I had fun with it. I, I had fun I, with I, it. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I'm not saying I, I'm like, wow, this is just pure cinema. But I enjoyed her, and I I kind of enjoyed the, that it was so, like, raunchy. I was like, wow, because I – I, I wouldn't even thinking it was a PG-13 horror film. I was like, wow, this is, well, this is not PG-13, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, yeah, I haven't really watched much. So, yeah, there you go. Right. Want to see that in Practical Jokers. Wasn't and great is another word for not good. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I liked it. I, I thought it had a kind of a camp value, which I enjoyed. It does. I mean, it's, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I kind of like that, so. Brandon. I wouldn't defend it. <laughs> yeah, no one's going. I'm not going to bat for Ma, but in terms of like yeah. what I got out of it, it's like, well, that's what I expected, I guess. I, I did kind of like those Ma memes that went around a week or two ago where it was like first Ma. Yeah, yeah the like movie posters her... where you replace yeah. the, the title and her face with the characters. Yeah. <laughs> there were some better ones that made me laugh. The, the Martian, which made yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. Which is also what uh, John Krasinski calls the Martian. The Martian. Yeah, the Martian. When he, when, Martian. Whenever he's smart pocket. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, your bigness. The I, can't, I can't wait to see him shake his big nose again in Quiet Place Part 2. But uh, anyway, uh, Brandon, <laughs> what have you seen recently? <laughs> well, what a been knee deep in like godzilla lore um not a bad place to be but when i take a break um uh, <laughs> i i haven't seen anything like i've been catching up with some stuff i watched uh official secrets finally which that oh, was pretty good okay. pretty pretty terrific um that's the uh the uh yeah the, the, uh, the kira kira knightley, the knightley. trying to think of gavin Matt hood Smith, the gavin hood, the gavin hood yeah. yeah yeah we, we did yeah. a special oh, episode yeah. on that last year because uh we like these with that and like um, eye in the yeah. sky these gavin hood political thrillers are yeah pretty good uh i watched the um power glove documentary on netflix or no, amazon prime about the nintendo about power the glove? N- nintendo power glove wow not bad not did you, bad it's did you, see, a, did you watch that after sonic yeah, it was actually, <laughs> actually yes. Um, uh, it was better than Sonic. Uh, but uh, hey, I like Sonic. It was cute. <laughs> hey, you like Ma too? Um, so... <laughs> no, no, generally, I, no, generally Sonic is a good movie. We're Team I, Sonic Ma's on. We're Team Sonic movie. on this podcast. Yeah. Ava and I both like Sonic. Well, All right. I, yeah, I, I, I'm not Sonic's a good Sonic movie for what it's worth. Two and a half stars. I I um, could give a crap about sonic i, I yeah. don't care i like that movie it was this it was right. a decent script 
You're wrong. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> this is escalating quickly. All right. So, oh, my God. We're scrapping the Invisible Man review, guys. We're re-reviewing Sonic the Hedgehog right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. the Power Glove, we hour five Glove. minutes. Right. Um, so it is a feature film. Uh, pretty good. Uh, some bluntly honest stuff about bad business practices and stuff going on in that is really entertaining. They do cover the wizard in it. Um Ooh. Which oh. was I was you know I was like I bet they'll talk about the wizard but they actually had a nice section on how they were forced to figure things out with that, um mm. and then older uh, I watched well, I saw Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood read my review I really liked that movie a lot great and uh went back to Pet Cemetery two for the first time since like the nineties and found it kind of like a nice little campy treat Clancy Brown oh, there you go. Clancy Brown is just unhinged and. Uh, quite fun in that movie. Oh, but 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 Ma is really bad. I will watch Pet <laughs> Cemetery two ten more times is, before is I think of stopped, Ma again. Dude. Is, Pet is, Cemetery two was terrible. Is Pet Cemetery? Is it the same like Pet the Cemetery? Edward Furlong, yes. man. Like, is oh, this like a new terrible. family moves into the house? Is that the idea, or is it just like another? It's a cemetery. Uh, different <laughs> thing. Like, uh, kid yeah, moves they, back they, home. They, they, Bury pets there and stuff. I, I've just never seen two, so I'm just curious ah. if it's like the same location. You're in a not different family missing or no. a thing. A thing. Don't bother. You right. keep but... quit, quit reading the Ma poster taglines. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> yeah. I had fun. All right. Um, I've seen a few things here uh, two dramas and many comedies. We'll get to the dramas first. Last week I mentioned that I started The Last Thing He Wanted. That's the new D. Reese film with Anne Hathaway and Ben Affleck. I have since finished that movie. It is really bad. Like, I heard I, that. I don't know how this happened kind of bad. Like, it it's confusingly bad in a way where it's like, I, I, I'm a smart person. <laughs> I know how to watch movies, yet this movie felt like it it broke me as far as like trying to comprehend what was taking place. It's I don't, I, being a Netflix. So I'm like, well, they don't generally like take movies away and cut them down. So I'm like, what happened? I, I don't, I don't really understand. So yeah, it's was not it serenity bad. No. Cause that movie, like as bad as it is, as far as like being a movie, at least it has an internal logic that makes sense. This movie just doesn't make any sense. Like that's the okay. difference. So it's, it feel it, it ultimately feels like a waste of time. Cause it's like two hours of, stuff happening but it doesn't really add up to anything and things that happen just make little sense because it feels like there's been a whole like multiple narratives cut to pieces to kind of just scrap together something so it's like i don't i don't know why this was released honestly i don't know what was going on here so that's that movie <laughs> um i also saw a uh, young ahmed this is the new darden brothers film i am a fan mm-hmm. of the darden brothers I was not a big fan of this movie, which is surprising. They're generally, you know, very good filmmakers. There's stuff here that works. It's about this young boy. He's he's Muslim. He's in France, and he's be, he's basically become radicalized by a teacher. And things take a turn from there as far as his reaction to one of his regular school teachers teaching Arabic in a way that his new teacher doesn't approve of, and he takes it it has some dramatic things going on involving kids and i think there's a good movie inside of here or that could have developed from here but it ultimately doesn't really add up to much which was a shame because again i I like the darden brothers the kid with a bike great movie um two days and one night right is that one is uh, marion cody yard uh among other other movies but yeah those are those now i saw a bunch of comedies um 
let's see. I saw Big Time Adolescence. This is uh, it was at Sundance. It has Pete Davidson in it. Um, he uh, he plays oh, okay. he plays kind of a Pete Davidson like person, um, whose best friend is a high school kid, and it's pretty. If you like like his kind of sense of humor, like the attitude that he kind of brings, I think there is a lot to get out of this as far as kind of indie Sundance comedies go. I I liked it. I thought it did its job. It's nothing like amazing, but I as far as him in like a leading role and the story it's telling, it's a solid coming of age story. Um, so yeah, that I comes. hope the cast and crew were kind to him and stroked his ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hits Hulu in a few weeks, so you know people can see it there if they want to. Um, so yeah, I saw a movie called Saint Francis. Uh, this is about a woman who becomes the nanny for a young girl, which seems pretty standard, except the woman had just had an abortion and the young girl is a, is a big brat. And um, their comedy ensues from there. Uh, but it's, there's another, like, small indie comedy that just kind of works because of the characters involved. Um, there's some good laughs in there and there's some good, like, emotion that goes on with it. So I I, uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's out there, like, limited release, I believe. So if you can find it, yeah, check it out. It's pretty good. Um... I saw Sword of Trust. Has anyone heard this oh, movie? The good. Lynn Sh- the Lynn Shelton film with uh, Mark Maron. Mark Maron. Yeah, Mark I really like Mark Maron, uh, no. Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell, and the guy. What's his name? Uh, oh, the guy's in it? Oh, yeah, well, the guy. That, now the, I'm in. He, I'm a fan of the guy. He's like a comic actor. He's he's newish. I'm trying to think of his name. Pete Davidson? No, it's not Pete Davidson. <laughs> Regardless. Mark Barron's like the lead star. It's really funny. I really enjoyed this movie. Like it's, it's like 85 minutes, I think. And like every, like the whole movie is like, it's just straight comedy. Like there's there is like the, like the laughs per minute kind of factor of this is very strong. I was very impressed by this. It tells this story. Like Mark Barron plays like a pawn shop dealer. Um, this couple comes in, uh, Michaela Watkins, Jillian Bell's character with a sword, which was from civil war time. And I don't want to get too far into it, but basically they all are part of this kind of plan to make a lot of money off of this sword. And like a bunch of other actors end up in here, including like Toby Huss among many others. And it's just like nonstop comedy. Like I was just really into this movie. It was just, it's just really funny throughout. And like Mark Maron's very good for being like the lead star of a movie, which, you know, doesn't happen. Like he, he's very good. The whole like comedic cast is just really good. I was, it was fun. It was a fun movie to watch. Uh, so yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that movie. Oh, could I could I give a shout out to a movie before we were done? That there is a movie I would would like to kind of talk about. What's up? That's it's a movie called Last Call. It's directed by Gavin Michael Booth. Um, it's a it's about a man who is dealing with a very bad time in his life. He's an alcoholic. He's basically playing and killing himself, and he ends up calling, trying to call suicide prevention. He ends up calling some student who's working late a uh, late night shift cleaning up. She's janitor, basically paying for her dues, trying to get through school. Uh, well, yeah, or trying to you know take raise her kid, all this stuff. Uh, it's a one. It truly is a one shot film, and it's also all split screen, and it's hmm. absolutely phenomenal. It's uh, doing a lot of festivals right now, and I honestly, if you can find it, I I really recommend it. It's a beautiful film, and it's very rare that I see a movie that deals with mental illness and depression. And alcoholism in such a sublime and and and, and uh, non uh, overly you know sappy way. It's it's and it's literally one shot. They they shot the movie these two sequ- films you know 
while they, you know, do, while so they're all literally they filmed simultaneously. Film yeah, simultaneously. So yeah. it's it's just it's just a phenomenal film. Last call. I really please seek it out. It's beautiful, especially if you've ever dealt with depression or known someone that's dealt with depression. I think it's a really powerful film. Very cool. I'll keep that in mind. So there you go. Careful, yeah. you might wind up with the William Cat Shannon Tweed 1991 thriller Last Call. <laughs> yeah, don't get that one. That although that was a good one though. Shannon Tweed was great. I have one more movie that I don't want to bring too much attention to, but I just have to mention it. Um, it is called Gun. God. It's called Guns Akimbo. Oh, um, oh I, is it that bad? So the movie, it's I mean, spoil to get to the end. No, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the movie. I I'm. Bring, <laughs> I'm not going to get into, like, the stuff involving it, but, like, the the part of it was, like, I had the screener already, like, I had a link for this movie, and I was going to watch it, and then, like, the director decided to be like, I'm going to tank my career right now, and so he decided to be, like, a terrible person on Twitter, and so it's like, all right, but, like... Terrible, terrible person. Yeah, it had enough... Wait, 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 what happened? What did you do on Twitter? Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh... Like, there would be so much context to establish... It would yeah, take too it's, long. it's too long of a story. But, uh, okay, but, tell me later because I want to hear this. Yeah, but for the time being, be, be, besides the director turning out to be, you know, a jerk person, uh, I was oh, like, well, I'm still going to watch this thing, I guess. I'm just not going to write a review on it at this point. But, it, I mean, ultimately, the movie's just not very good. Like, it has it has Daniel Radcliffe as, like, a gamer slash online troll who is, like, abducted and, like, strapped, like, guns to his hands, and he has to, like, proceed in a world where there's a reality show where people actually kill each other. And I get what it's trying to do. It just doesn't do it in any way that's very innovative, because I've seen this ha- I've seen this kind of concept in other movies that are sometimes better and sometimes worse. Like, it kind of sits above, like, Gamer, with Gerard Butler, the Phantom of the Opera, which I think is an abysmal movie, but it's below something like Crank, which fittingly the same directors um which is like that movie is kind of just fantastical in its wackiness this is just kind of like yeah whatever or like Constant- nerve what's that movie nerve that's nerve, another one what yeah. i was gonna say yeah which, this is like was nerve was good. fine but that this is like this is like a more extreme version because it's like rated r because it has all this violence in it um and like radcliffe is fine although it's always weird when he's not playing british it's like don't be american like no one thinks of you that way just be british um <laughs> And like, what's her name? Samara Weaving, who was in uh, what, Ready or Not last year. Like, she's like having a lot of fun because she's playing like a, the ultimate version of the gamer that like kills all these people. Like, there's stuff in it, like from a filmmaking standpoint, it's like okay, like there's some moves here, but ultimately the movie just doesn't add up to anything all that interesting. It's just kind of like, yeah, all right, you did it. Um, so yeah, that's a guns and Kimbo. All right, as I know, quickies. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like looking up stuff now. Um... Yeah, I figure I'm I, I, I'm up to date. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move on now. Let's <laughs> let's, uh, let's get to some trailer talk for a couple of the newest movie trailers that came out this week. What, we're, what we think of it, when they're coming out, what have you. Uh, we got a few things here. Uh, it's fitting because this first trailer is for Candyman. I was very excited to see this trailer so much so that I'm like, I'm gonna write a little essay about this because I don't get a chance to write essays very much, but I felt inspired. And not, not only was it like perfectly fitting, I managed to incorporate both this movie, the next trailer we're gonna talk about, and the movie we're reviewing this week all into one essay. So it all worked out. But yeah, Candyman, it's coming back. Wow. We have a uh, producer Jordan Peele, also co-writer with director Nia DaCosta, who debated with uh, Little Woods last year, which is quite good. Uh, it is an update slash sequel of sorts to the original <coughs> Candyman, the 1992 slasher film with uh, Tony Todd. This the film spiritual mm-hmm. sequel, man. Mm-hmm. It's a spiritual sequel. 
it's at least it's not a spirit it's a spirited beginning like casper um but yeah exactly we got, uh, we, got <laughs> we, we got maybe tony todd in here but we all we mainly have uh yaya abdul mateen the second uh tiona paris coleman domingo among others i am quite excited for this movie i think there's a lot that a lot of potential for a, a new candy man that could like update itself for the time but uh jimmy where, where are you with the with the candy man trailer We'll see. Okay, uh, let me. I guess let me really quickly say I've been kind of excited about this movie for a while. Uh, just knowing that they're taking it very seriously and they're actually trying to do something fresh and unique with it, and that's what I get the feeling. I saw the trailer. I was very, very excited to watch the trailer. I didn't love the trailer, but there's a big but here. I do. I am very excited about certain aspects of it. I'm very excited about seeing Vanessa Williams again. I'm very excited about. Uh, I have a good feeling about the film. I, I the trailer doesn't grab me as much as I was hoping. Um, it looks a little generic. Uh, the, you know, the 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 the, the girls in the locker room, the the school thing, you know, whatever. I, I I just I don't know. I feel like okay, cool, another slasher movie, a cliche type thing. But there's something about it that uh, even still, I feel like there's too many good, interesting, talented people behind this for it to be. I, I know I got a good feeling about it. It's a good trailer. I just wasn't blown away. All right. Uh, Maxwell, where are you at with the Candyman trailer? Yeah, I'm super excited for this movie. I think it's a pretty good trailer. I think the needle drop is excellent. Jordan Peele continues uh, using pop songs in really interesting ways in trailers. Although, on that note, I do want to say I love Little Woods, which was directed by Nia DaCosta, who directed Candyman. And I keep seeing a lot of people calling it Jordan Peele's Candyman. And yes, he's a producer, and I believe he worked on the screenplay. But let's put some respect on Nia DaCosta's name. She is the director of this film, and it should be noticed as such. For sure. Uh, Brandon, where are you at with the trailer? Say my name. Say my name. Um, I'm uh, so I'm very excited for this. When you, well, yes, thank you. It's for you, Jimmy. Uh, so uh, you know when you say Candyman, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Um, amazing. Movie scared the piss out of me back in the day. So, um, I'm always welcome for another Candyman venture. Um, but then you add Jordan Peele's name to it, which not dogging the director, but that was one of the first things announced that he was going to produce one. And I'm like, okay, I'm really down with the Candyman movie now. Um, the the trailer though, I was like, oh, so you're doing Us again? The trailer for Us, like it started like the little tweaky music started feeling like Us, and then the Say My Name, Say My Name was like I got five on it. So I was kind of like, okay, there's a like a weird familiarity for the sell of the movie that I wasn't expecting. Um, and I'm wondering now if that's just going to be a, a trailer style <laughs> from here on out. Yeah, look at how well us did. Yeah, it, yeah, it worked. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. But um, so that kind of, But I think it looks awesome. I like how they're uh, selling the fear of Candyman rather than selling the image of Candyman. Yeah, for sure. And it's going back to its Cabrini Green roots, which is good. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I, I'm ready for a dynamite Candyman movie, and I'm super thrilled for it um really what, like Candyman his... 3 wasn't enough hey you know maybe we'll finally get it on blu-ray <laughs> with this <laughs> uh but but yeah no i i i really um 
for me, like Candyman was like, you know, the 1990s is always scream was the best slasher movie of the 90s. But Candyman for me was because just the, the scare factor screams a hell of a movie. I'm not trying to dog it that much, but the one that put fear in my heart and had me. Had, I was a kid. I like had trouble looking in mirrors at nighttime was mm-hmm. that movie. So very Candyman is a, uh, the original is a fantastic film. It's one mm-hmm. of the best genre entries ever. I mean, it's it's. It it still holds up shockingly well. Oh, yeah. in, in this day and age, second one's not bad too. Second one's it's okay. Pretty, it's second okay. one for like a sequel Third. to that kind of movie, it's like yeah, that's that's not bad. It's like a it's like it's a okay. Jaws two. It's like a Jaws two. It's like all right, like you yeah. did it again. <laughs> that's a fair. That's actually a really good comparison. It it, it is a bit of a Jaws yeah, two. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah, all right. Like I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> was <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Her voice got so high. <laughs> yeah, I went to McDonald's and I met Ronald McDonald today. It was great. <laughs> we just lost all of our listeners. Yeah, we... but then Candyman Three is like oh, Jaws Three, huh? Okay. <laughs> Candyman Three was Jaws Four. Um, the revenge. You're 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 not wrong though. I mean, as far as like Candyman, it does hold up incredibly well. It's a it's a fantastic movie, and that's what I mean. I I'm very excited for this one because of what that movie does. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea of like you know for that first movie, one that examines things through you know having Cabrini Green as the main location and how that deals with you know the kind of social realities at that time. I'm very curious how this movie plans to kind of update that, given that it's still taking place in that area where it's been gentrified at this point. And I think that's a very mm-hmm. fascinating way to continue exploring what the original was trying to do and matching that to today's society. And given that you have Peel and DaCosta on it, two people that are very smart about kind of social relevance, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to how they incorporate that into what's essentially a summer horror slasher movie. And I, I think Me if, there's, too. if there's people that are, able to do something interesting that with with that i think it's these filmmakers i think there's a lot there and i'm a big i'm a big fan of yaya abdul mati i've seen him in a number of things and i'm like this guy's great like i mean between, really like, great. between like watchmen yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, aquaman so and um and uh, the get down he was on. like I, I just think he's a good talent so i'm looking forward to just seeing him in a you know a leading role in a movie like this I think there's a lot of potential there agreed is tony todd in this trailer like i know he's involved in this movie there's like, a shadowy figure of kennedy man i will say this thing played hella good on the big screen like i, I wish i could i wish i could have seen it in theaters yeah, yeah i watched it on a computer you know or no i watched it on my tv when uh it came out this week and i was like okay but when i saw it on the big screen in the theater uh in front of the movie we're talking about today i was like damn that looks really good yeah i'll say this too jimmy as far as you mentioned like kind of generic like i don't I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm wondering if, like, in context, things will play better. But what I like about the look of this movie so far is it looks colorful. Like, it, it looks like a movie that has, like, like color to work with, as opposed to being, like, drab or saturated or whatnot. It looks like they're really imp- – which, I guess, makes sense because the character is, like, an artist, right? They're trying to kind of emphasize that. Well, aspect. it looks like kind of, like, inspiration – because the second one dealt with art galleries and stuff, uh-huh. didn't it? Yeah, yeah it did, So, yes. like, yeah. that's kind of in there. I wonder I wonder if it'll play better on the big screen for me. I I'll be honest, I watched it once and I just watched it before the show because I kind of I went I actually watched it on my TV. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I I think I liked it a little bit better the second time. I think it's going to grow on me. I'm definitely look, I'm definitely excited for the film. I have a good feeling oh, for sure. about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. 
definitely. I know we're just grading trait or dr- judging trailers here, yeah. So I mean, it, it doesn't if you're if you're not super blown away by it, you know, whatever. It's like if, I, if you're looking forward to the movie, yeah. look forward to the movie. Like there's plenty of movies where I'm exactly. like, all right, that's the trailer for it, but like it has this, you know, person A and person B, so cool, like whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway, exactly. Uh, Candyman opens the theaters uh, June 12th, uh, later this summer. Um, our next trailer is for Spiral colon from the book the from the book of Saw. The awkwardly titled new um, take in the, on the Saw series, which uh, features uh, Chris Rock and uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and it comes from a story by Chris Rock. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the film and the film has the returning director Darren Lynn Boseman, who directed what Saws two through three, and two, four, two, three, and four, five. two, three. Yeah, no, two, he three. did not do five. He didn't do five. I know yeah, that's that was Pat. That's Patrick Glouston, right? Or what's the name? Right. Maybe. They did. They get it. They get. Okay, so they, they had a the guy do five. Wait, he did, didn't he write it though? He wrote it, right? Pipe five. Uh, I assume he was on a like producer capacity at least, since he had been on. Like, mm. yeah, yeah. No, they got. So they got the guy. The guy who did five. Um, David Hackle. He didn't come back for six. Oh, Hackle. Did and the, then okay. he got hired for seven, and then shit can for seven, and they brought back the guy from six. So like, yeah, he's. <laughs> that's what the guy at five's done. Okay, cool. Houston but, wrote but, it, right? That's what it is. I know the Feast guys are involved. We're just going so far into the sauce. Oh, yeah, so we're yeah, not even talking about this. and Patrick. Jesus Christ, yeah. We'll Regardless, yes, this is the newest entry in the Saw franchise. Chris Rock is now a major player in it. It appears mm-hmm. to involve more shenanigans with some version of Jigsaw mixed with cops played by Jackson and, and Rock. Um, I know there's a lot of opinions on the Saw franchise between all of us. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Where are you at with this 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 latest version of Saw? Of Saw? Play my game, play my game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm interested. This looks like Saw. All the movies have you know they're super low budget, shot in warehouses in Canada, but this one feels like the least claustrophobic of all of them for some reason. So far, yeah. To me. Uh, from what I can tell from a trailer, but it feels a little more open and unafraid to go outside. Well, even like the poster suggests that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, I I love that they got Samuel L. Jackson, and of course they write a line with Mother Effer for him. Oh, um, thank God, Mother yeah. Foxer. Wow. Yeah, Mother Fox. Yeah, Mother <laughs> Fox. Taking <laughs> <laughs> it but uh, I'm interested. Um, I I love the absurdity of these movies to keep going. I you know, and they they have a real <laughs> fine sense of keeping two series continuity and such. Uh, I'm wondering if Tobin Bell's involved at all. Um, that is yet to be seen. I believe doesn't seem like it. Does it? I doesn't. Mean, if like if well, not, you know he will. Really you know, I, I don't think he's gonna say no, no to money to record like a, a few lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like the left field choice of having Chris Rock do this. I'm always for those weird choices uh, because everybody's like, oh, well, he knows his comedy. Like he has no taste in anything else. Uh, but yeah, I'm inter- It's interesting. It's uh, looks like Saw on a possibly it's probably its biggest budget ever on its. Ninth entry. Let's next, get to ten, guys. Let's next get to three D. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It looks like it has more interesting stuff than the the last one, which was just kind of like a generic Saw movie. But we'll see. All right. Maxwell, where are you at with Spy? Where are you at with Saw? Are you a Saw fan? I am a Saw fan. Uh, I have a soft spot for the Saw franchise. I love the increasingly ridiculous and impossible to follow mythology. Um. 
this trailer itself is fine. Um, I feel like there's a lot they're hiding from us intentionally, but just the mere idea of Chris Rock starring in and like creating the story <laughs> for a Saw movie has me kind of tickled. Um, and then you add Samuel L. Jackson. Plus, I do quite like the like slowed down version of the Saw theme, because like if you didn't, if you're like a general audience uh, member, you didn't know a new Saw movie was coming. You see Chris Rock, and then all of a sudden, like the the music starts playing, and then you realize it's Saw. You get red eyed. I, I I could imagine that'd be pretty cool. Um, so it's an okay trailer, but I think the movie could be interesting. Jimmy, you know it's weird because I was <coughs> pretty much I, I I didn't actually see uh, Jigsaw in theaters because I just didn't care. I, I saw it in IMAX, care. and I didn't care. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, I was, too. <laughs> but here's the thing. I actually, when the when they announced it, I, I watched Jigsaw, and I was like, I watched it on Amazon Prime for free. It was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't, I really didn't feel much for it. It was just, it was, it was fine. It was, I expected worse. Uh, what about Jigma? Honestly, weirdly enough, this new one, I'm weirdly kind of curious. I'm kind of. I, I think it could be cool. I'm in. That I'm very much surprised by that because I I thought I was pretty much sick of the whole. Ooh, let's see how much we can torture this person. Woo-hoo. Fun times. But uh, you know, I I, I want to see I, that I, villain I, in the Saw movie. That's gonna be in my version. I can't wait. It's like some Muppet comes in and starts saying these things. <laughs> Sounded like snidely whiplash. Yeah. Ooh, I'm going to saw you. I um, Brandon's very aware. I don't, I don't like any of the Saw movies. Yet I'm nothing but fascinated by the Saw movies. Like that's the wait. Best you didn't way I like the say. first one though. No, Aaron I don't keeps like up the with first. them. I don't like the wow. first one. I wow. if I in ranking them, I would say the third and the sixth one are the best ones. I would put the first one probably, I guess, below that. But still, I wow. I, there's never been one that I'm like, this is a good movie. But I do appreciate what they offer and I admire what they do. This one. Out of nowhere, it has become like one of my most anticipated movies of the summer. I'm like, what's happening here? I'm into what the look is so far. I like the idea that Lynn Bousman has come back as a director. Like, that's, you know, ne- next to like James Wan coming back for whatever reason, which would never happen. And mm. you're like, okay, great. Yeah, get Bousman back in here. He had a handle on things. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. the idea of Chris Rock being like walking into Lionsgate, and I assume it's CSI style <laughs> where it's slow motion, he takes off his sunglasses and is like, guys, it's me, Rock. I have an idea. And like, like they're like, yes, Mr. Rock. And he comes into their office. I have an idea for a Saw movie. And he starts laying out all these <laughs> things. And he's like, and then like he opens the door. It's like, guess who else is going to be in it? And then Samuel L. Jackson walks in. Like, that's that's what I assume the pitch meeting must have been like for this movie. <laughs> and so all of that's like, yeah, all right. Like, what's that going to be? And that's what I got out of this trailer. It's like, well, that's, yeah, all right. He's, he's having fun in the car, talking cop patter, making fun. And then it turns into a horror movie. And then there's, like, Sam Jackson gets in here. Probably going to die first. You know, he's probably the opening kill. But who cares? It's Sam Jackson. And then... <laughs> or or he's, like, cut to constantly throughout the movie as if it's going on at the same time, but then we find out it's not going on. Yeah, probably that. Yeah. Oh, That's a total Saw move likely. right there. Or, or he's the new Jigsaw. Yeah, yeah. He's getting but, the, the torch passed to him. Yeah. What, get, what this... gets me is that on the poster, it says in very small print, and Sam Jackson. Like, he's got to be, like, right at the beginning. Like, that's going to be, like, he's, <laughs> he's got to be the one that they're investigating whose death it was to begin with. Regardless, <laughs> my speculation aside, just see how con- fun it is to talk about some. It, that's why I'm well, invested uh, in this series. He is, it's just he so, is like... Chris Rock's father in the movie, so. 
Yeah, that's why he's more connected to whatever's going on, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> regardless, I just the idea of Chris Rock just having a pitch for a Saw movie, it's like, great. I, I want to know what that looks like. I like the look of this movie so far. Brandon, you're exactly right as far as, yeah, we're like there's warehouses and stuff, but this looks like it has more of an expansive view. I guess because you have Jackson and Rob, you know, people like stars in this movie. It's like, yeah, yeah let's see what, and it has a big summer release date. Okay. Like, Ar- let's... Arguably the most famous actors to ever be in a Saw movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. Ne- ne- next to, mm-hmm. <laughs> next to, um, Danny oh, Glover and Carrie Elways. I mean, that was the guts, the go-to. I'm trying to think of um, Eddie Winslow from Family Matters because he was in Saw. Oh yeah. Um, most of them were all like television <laughs> stars at the time. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Betsy Russell, man. She was in Tomboy. Don't mess with me. Yeah, Betsy Russell. <laughs> yeah. And they had, yeah. Uh, uh, what's her name I from Angel Russell. and Dexter? She, uh, she was like on a Lionsgate contract because she was in like that Rambo and Punisher. Yeah, Rambo. Yeah, yeah. Rambo. I remember Rambo. It was like a Lionsgate contract. It was like yeah, the old days studios in the 40s. Yeah. Now, I I know, like, not to get my excitement too high, because, like, I thought the Spirit Brothers being on the previous one was like, that's a slam dunk right there. I love Predestination. Let's see him make a great Saw movie. And that was just like, <laughs> but so, like, I'm just, you know, I, I'm hoping for the best here. I like what the trailer offers. I like to think, much like of Candyman, that Chris Rock has something more he wants to say about the world within this movie. So, like, I'm, I'm hoping that makes sense. And so yeah, I'm just, I'm or just, maybe in... there's some sort of plot hole he knows how to fix. Yeah, he's yeah, a big sure. fan. Yeah, That's sure. he made this. He made this movie for that one reason. I, I, yeah, I'm sure he's watched like four <laughs> through seven. He's like, I got it. I know how to solve this. <laughs> yeah, he has like a serial killer board with like strings and and push pins and. <laughs> <laughs> he's Charlie. He's that Charlie Day meme. That's exactly. I will say it's crazy about that. They're already running ads for this on TV. Like yeah. I know, I know it comes out what June is it? Uh, May, it's May. May, yeah. May. Uh, but still, I mean, it seems kind of early for that one. But yeah, I'm just uh, they're like... real. They're really hoping it'll, uh, you know, like the people. I don't know. I was gonna make a joke, but I'm just I can't think of one. Sorry. Yeah. I don't I know about your regular schedule. Viral, but I am looking forward to uh, Adam Sandler's take on Wrong Turn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! But no, I, I'm looking forward to this, and I like that. Like Chris Rock seems to be busy this year. He's got Fargo coming out. He's got this. Mm-hmm. He's got like two other movies, I think. So it's like what, whatever Billy has to pay, he's doing his job. So. It's gonna be the Rockassants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw, quite the title. It comes out May fifteenth. So yeah. Bum, bum, bum. All right, let's move on now. Let's get to our main. Re- let's get to our main review for The Invisible Man. He was a sociopath, completely in control of everything. He said that wherever I went, he would find me, walk right up to me, and I wouldn't be able to see him. Are you okay? Someone sitting in that chair. I found something that can prove what I'm experiencing. You need help. Adrian is dead. I went to his house today. He's not dead. I have a pile of ashes in the box that would disagree with you. He has figured out a way to be invisible. Only thing more brilliant than inventing something that makes you invisible is coming up with the perfect way to torture you. 
even in death. Adrian's true genius was how he got in people's heads. Don't come any closer. Hey! I'm not crazy. Please listen to me. You're saying the person trying to kill you is in the room right now. But we can't see him? Okay, that should have been some of the trailer for The Invisible Man. A few years ago, Universal tried to jump on a popular bandwagon and create a cinematic universe starting with The Mummy. They quickly Uh, learned they should have tried to walk before they ran, as the film did not inspire much goodwill. And the less said about Dracula Untold, the better. Now we have another Universal monster movie update in the form of The Invisible Man from writer-director Lee Wannell, who began his filmmaking career back in 2004 with his writing partner James Wan, with a film called Saw. He has since gone on to make a couple of films of his own, including the very gritty and very enjoyable Upgrade. With this remake, he contemporizes the story to focus on Elizabeth Moss's abuse Cecilia, who believes she has gotten away from her intimidating scientist boyfriend, Adrian, only to begin experiencing mysterious activity in empty rooms around her. Jimmy, where are you at with The Invisible Man? Are you, oh are you a fan of, uh, of, the, of the, the latest take on this story? I think it's exceptional. I honestly, I was... I look. I like Lee when Lee, Lee a lot. I think he's an incredible, t- incredible talent. I think I think Upgrade really blew me away as a modern action film. It's actually one of my favorites. It was one of my favorites of that year. Uh, I Invisible Man is. I, I mean, for literally the first scene is so intense and it's simple. It's just. <laughs> this simple idea, but it's so expertly shot. Elizabeth Moss is. I, I, can we just give her an Oscar nomination, please? Uh, I love this film. I love it. I love the. I love the the. I love it. people are calling it a slow burn, which I find weird because I don't feel like it's all that slow. Uh, but that maybe that's just me. I just feel like it. It's. Uh, yeah, there's so much to it. Uh, I I love there there. It, I, it was unexpectedly good. There were there were moments where literally I was like jaw dropping, clenched fist. I don't do that in horror films at all. I was shocked by how much I loved this movie. So yeah, I I liked it. I guess. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Brandon, where are you at the Invisible Man? Uh, I'm right there, Jimmy. This thing was uh, fantastic, uh, yeah. and yeah, Upgrade was my favorite film of 2018. So I was, uh, you know, more than excited. I've, I've always liked Lee Wanell. Um and this one, I'm gonna give the the esteem of being up there with remakes with like um, the John Carpenter, The Thing, Cronenberg's uh, The, the Full, Snatchers. Like this thing, it just all you know. It takes the concept, does something uh, fresh and modern with it, because that's all it needs. It doesn't have to keep retreading. Uh, it seems to know where the horror is. Where even I think you know the original man, the Invisible Man, doesn't. Like I think it improves upon things and makes him even more villainous in his uh, invisibility uh, of because. The original Invisible uh, Visible Man liked a it was a chatty Cathy, uh, and this guy, oh man, he also killed a whole lot of people in that movie. But I know you're saying he did, he did, <laughs> yeah. uh, like hundreds, but, literally. Yeah. <laughs> but this man, it it was just you just don't know, so you're constantly nervous throughout the film. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah. he plays tricks on with you with camera movements and it, oh man and he doesn't like he shows so much restraint um there's a lot of not showing where so many directors would have given in so much earlier and oh gosh i i, I don't want to talk spoilers or anything but uh, there's yeah sh- no we can't spoil this movie there's, there's so many great surprises there's some shock yeah shocking moments and it's it's a hell of a time at the theater and i think gonna go hopefully it goes down as one of the you know cl- we're in a good period with uh wide release horror right now yes, but absolutely. i hope this one's at the top of them and and for you mentioned the just really quickly you mentioned you know I've heard a lot of people say oh the trailer gives it all away no it doesn't it doesn't at all, at all. not it, even close because trailers are meant to sell you don't know the yeah. context with which what you're watching is and you don't know if you're going to remember everything you saw in the trailer and I will say also one thing was weird like there was a lot of like handshakes it felt like with upgrade in this movie in terms oh, yeah. of some there similarity like mm-hmm. like with technique and then some like odd like thematic similarities that I found very interesting. Yeah, I, I actually, I spoke uh-huh. to a friend of the show, Mike Dillon, about this. Um, I, I saw him at my, my screening, and uh, he, he he had seen it already, so he wasn't staying, but he said, like, there's a lot of connection to Upgrade. I'm like, yeah. I, I actually, after watching it, it's like, he's right. There, there is a lot of Upgrade in this movie, which is uh, yeah. not too surprising. Uh-huh. I've seen that with directors before. They kind of not necessarily make a remake of their own movie, but certainly right. have, you know, they have the they have the budget to do a bit more than they did the last time around, which is... It's, it's something he's ob- there's something there that he's obviously interested in to continue exploring. So I mean, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised sure. if something similar uh, pops up again. But man, yeah, he is showing prowess. And I, I hate I, the guy would hate me for saying this, but can we keep this guy on low budgets? Because he has a fantastic. Well, he just signed idea. a first look deal with Blumhouse, so yeah, he's right. gonna he's gonna yeah. still right. be on their yeah. their kind of scheme. Yeah. I mean, because he's this guy, a he's this guy a does, master at that. Yeah. This yeah. guy, him and James Wan can do so much with pennies. Like he make <laughs> they make them look like hundreds of millions of dollars, and it's it's a true feat. And this is why I talk about when I, you know, my love for like slasher movies and stuff. Like I like to see people in like with no win scenarios, such low budget, and you gotta be on your toes. You gotta figure out how to, you know, adapt, overcome, improvise. And he's one of the best at it working today and this is just another example of that grand this is probably one of the most comfortable films he's ever had to direct uh yeah. it's still it's still uh triumph and and moss is fantastic as well aldous hodge i this guy keeps getting better and better um mm-hmm. storm like, breed is great yeah his daughter i even even oliver who has oliver uh yeah he he's like in it, you know he he really is in the movie very little but my god his presence is felt mm-hmm. you, you we'll know talk, we'll we'll get more to it but let's uh, myself and Max will go on these overall opinions I'll just say real quick um, Brandon you bringing up the fly is I think a perfect uh, analogy with this movie and its mm-hmm. original where the, they're very different from each other but even in like the way they're different where the first one is it's kind of a weird little movie with, with Vincent Price among others and like dealing with telling a story about this thing that happened essentially where the remake with Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum is heavy on the sci-fi aspect, which is like this movie. Like the mm-hmm. first one's fairly lo-fi and it, it doesn't really, it, it works the invisible man. I mean, it's, t- it's taking H.G. Wells' story, which is very specific in what it's trying to do where the, 
this remake is very heavy influenced on the the sci-fi aspect of it and like and shifting the perspective of the character even though like i was mentioning with the fly gina davis is like the star of that movie and jeff goldblum is it's her focus and he's in it also essentially where this Mm -hmm. is similar where the invisible man is he's around but it's elizabeth moss's movie and i think that's a great benefit for what the story is trying to tell as far as this woman who's abused and is being put in this uh, subtext as text version of a gaslighting story and making it the most like <laughs> both, it's both like it's traumatic for her as well as uplifting in terms of what she has to like overcome and i i think that's a that's a tricky line to walk um as far as making that feel effective about being exploitative but i think it does it really well and i think that's because of moss's performance i think it's because of lee Wannell's filmmaking and his writing and because <laughs> of the supporting characters around him what i Really like, and you know, I've mentioned already that I'm not like the biggest fan of Saw, but I like these guys. I like him and Wannell. Or sorry, him mm-hmm. and Juan. Um, and I, I, I've liked them since seeing that movie because I watched their commentary track, and they're so enthusiastic and great talkers about what they're trying to do with their filmmaking that I've always followed them since, and they've made good movies since then, a lot that I really like. And mm-hmm. specifically with Wannell, he is really good with making the characters matter. As much as there's kind of this grindhousey thing going on of upgrade or you know whatever fluff you want to assign to insidious uh, chapter three like there's there's still a dedication to i have these actors and i want to make them mean something and that's very mm-hmm. much the case here where it could be yeah just a jump fest with invisible man stuff and having a pretty simple story involving this woman who's being terrorized but i do think it makes it count it gives you her it gives you her sister it gives you her friend played by aldous hodge and her daughter like you understand who these people are and because you have a limited means to work with you get to spend a lot of time with them, so when things do happen, they mean something. There's a scene in this movie that's incredibly heartbreaking that I did not like watching. Oh my god! But like, it makes so mm-hmm. much sense because of the work done to get us to that point to begin with, in the midst of having crazy Invisible Man-related mayhem. So yeah, I was just, I was really taken by this film. I thought it was just a really great example of how to do, a, you know, one of these Universal monsters updated right. Uh, it's been a shame that I haven't seen more of that lately because I think there's so many opportunities to do that with Frankenstein or The Creature, which I, Guillermo del Toro's been doing like in the background with other movies. But like, I have a feeling that's what his first look deal is going to consist of. I can hope so because mm-hmm. the, the, there's so much potential for these kinds of movies with this kind of handle on it. More of this, please, is what I keep saying. Maxwell, where, where are you at with this yes. movie? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much more to add. I agree with all of you guys. I think this movie is great. Um, I think it's so smartly crafted and constructed, as mentioned, by shifting the perspective to uh, Elizabeth Moss's character and then really diving in deep with her trauma and um, the gaslighting, which is a word you used, Aaron. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I particularly liked about this is it has some jump scares and it has some horror moments, but it is so expert at building suspense, Mm -hmm. which doesn't happen all that much in mainstream horror, you know, it gets thrown around a lot, but there's a certain Hitchcockian feel to the way that it slowly builds the way the camera shifts, the way it'll linger on something. And you find your eyes searching to see, is there something there? Is there not something there? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it just slowly ratchets up throughout the film to the climax, which is a little more action based and explosive and, did remind me of Upgrade and some of the camera shots, like when people fall over and the camera kind of tilts with them as they fall. Which I like. I like that effect. <laughs> that yeah. was cool. It worked for the scene. That's the thing. Yeah, it worked oh, really well for the scene. It worked really well. Um, mm. But 
none of this would work without Elizabeth Moss, who gives a tremendous, awards-worthy performance. Mm-hmm. She, mm-hmm. Everything she's asked to do, she does, and then some. Like she makes you care so deeply about this character. And there's like a, a you know, trope in movies where the audience knows that the main character is not lying, but everyone else thinks they're lying and or yep. crazy, which is so frustrating as a viewer. Mm-hmm. But because Elizabeth is so good and you care about her so much, it makes it extra frustrating. So in so mm-hmm. many weeks when I'm watching this movie, I'm like clutching my armrests, both because <laughs> I'm nervous and anxious and because I'm like, believe her, she's a believer. So, yeah. Yeah. And then yep. the, the other thing I want to mention is the sound design and the score are aces. Oh yeah, the oh, score is bad. Yeah. So excellent. I, so my screening, I was not aware beforehand, but it was in a Dolby theater. Yeah. And so oh. and so I was like, Oh, we're going in here, huh? And from moment one, which the first sequence the first sequence is the titles where it's just it's it's outside of this beach house that Adrian and and uh, Cecilia Moss's character they live in and it's just waves crashing on rocks as the titles get revealed and, and like, I was oh, so good. I was so just thrilled by the <laughs> so fact that I was in a Dolby theater at that place like this is amazing like everything and then yeah. yeah it follows through by having just terrific sound design throughout because like you're saying Maxwell there's so much great use of both the, the design of sound to like to like give you quiet and then like so it's really startling when something happens but it doesn't feel cheap and mm-hmm. the use of negative space to be yep. to be scary mm-hmm. and that's another thing we haven't really talked about this movie's scary like it's it got like scary. It's, yeah. got, it's got yeah. scares legit. in it like, it, like legit like scary. it works like I don't yeah easily get scared by movies anymore yeah, I don't think any of us do but this no, one no, none does of the us job do. but this one like to use the cliche, genuinely had me on the edge of my seat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all yeah. because of the craft. The level of craft is just so high. There's, and there's, I'm there's, blown away that it was done at such a low budget. There's a sequence, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a jump scare that happens where the setup is so clear, and you're like, obviously he's going to pop up at some point, and we just have to wait till when. But the way it's handled is so wonderful. Oh. And you can tell, like, every theater that sees this movie, and I'm so happy it made money this weekend. It'd be like $29 million, like domestic. Me too. Like, but, like, yeah. I, yes. I, I, I guarantee that every single theater that saw this movie saw that scare and just leaped out of their seats because it's so fucking good. <laughs> like, it's among others I in this movie. Actually, but there's so, there's, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's like two or three, but that one is one of the best sequences I've seen in horror in years. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. There's also, I, I think we're all talking about that scene. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Max, another... Because you want to talk about it, you don't want to give anything away. I don't want, yeah, I don't, don't... and we won't. We won't give anything away. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. say this. Maxwell, you pointed out a good uh, aspect of this movie, which is about how you know that Moss's character is likely right. As mm-hmm. far as why she needs to be upset about things, and given that the it's called the Invisible Man, and you walk in this movie expecting to see that, you, you know she's not imagining this stuff. It, right. It, the, yeah. mo- the movie does rightfully play with that, which I think is good. I don't think a movie should assume that everyone saw the trailer, so I do like the movie appreciates that perspective to a degree, even though yes, it's a movie about an Invisible Man. But the thing that you mentioned is that it's it's frustrating to not have others get what she's seeing. And that's something I'm always a big fan of. That's part of the reason I really like creepy kid movies, for example, because there's always like the parent or one person that sees everything the kid's doing and everyone else doesn't believe them. That's it's, it's the yep. same kind of logic here, where I'm fascinated by the, or I'm engrossed in the movie more because I know this character is in the right, and he just has, it's like a matter of time before something happens that 
prove said thing, but you're just you're waiting and you're there and you're anticipating things to happen to change that around. And the movie does a great job of kind of pushing you to that limit as far as what she has to go through to get there. At the same time, it only enhances the metaphor this movie's going for as far as being about believing women, which I Absolutely. think is just really brilliantly done. I think yep. it's really mm-hmm. well Well, the most clever aspect of the script, come, I mean, is her living situation right after she, at the beginning, uh-huh. um, is away. Like, it's, I mean, she, you know, she's with a man. It's not her friend or anything. It's a friend of her sister's, and he mm-hmm. doesn't really know her. So mm-hmm. that adds to it as well. Um, was charming as their little situation is, he still doesn't know her. Like it's, there's a lot of uh, importance in that aspect of it that helps sell that what you're talking about along, Aaron. For sure, yeah. yeah. It, Which, it it feels organic to it. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. <laughs> you feel for him, but you all you're like you feel you feel for her, but you kind of you kind of understand where he's coming from in for a bit. For sure, you could I could think, but you could feel for the scenario. I could say yeah. like. The yeah. movie for me is not like entirely perfect. I think it's just really well constructed for the most part. But like, there's perhaps some underwrittenness to some of those characters as far as getting more, <laughs> especially for a two-hour movie. And that's not a harsh complaint. That's just more of like me just observing, yeah. like, okay, what's holding this back from being absolutely perfect to me? And that's what it comes down to. That said, Aldous Hodge, like you mentioned, Jimmy, is very good in this film. Yeah, like and I think mm-hmm. he's pretty terrific in general. I saw him in uh, Clemency last year with uh, Alfred Woodard, which he also was very good in. Yeah, uh, he's very he's a ter- good terrific film. He's a, it is. It's a really good film. He's a good. He's yeah. a good actor. He and Storm Reid, who is in Wrinkle in Time. Um, mm-hmm. they're, they're, it's a. It's a nice little setup they have there as far as having these these three people in this house and a good house. I was like, you know, for like a, for being like a low key location where it has to be just like normal house in San in the Bay Area, it does a mm-hmm. good job of being like a place that's spacious enough to make these Invisible Man scenes work while still feeling like it's just a, it's not like a haunted. It's not like an over the top haunted house. It's just like yeah, it's a house. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Well, it's really nat. It's a really natural, like, mm-hmm. like actual. I remember the first when we first have a real scene in there, and I'm looking at the door. I'm like, man, that door's been through some times. And then, and then it goes right into, oh, he's fixing his place up. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. Like I could kind of, you know, one L very visually is telling this this story. Um, even in little detailed aspects like that, I was sort of my mind was there before we were even told that he was fixing up the house, before they even saw a ladder or, like, a paintbrush or something like that. It's it's something I think, again, Wano is, like, good. Like, the, the, something I always love about Insidious is that they start in a house that's like, well, obviously this house is creepy. Get the fuck out of that house. And they and they move. And they go. And they go to just, like, a regular... And, the first and, instance of anything happened, they're out. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're, we're getting out of here. Screw this. And then they move to just a regular house. <laughs> and yeah. it's still and yeah. it's still creepy for other reasons, but it's like, ah... <laughs> Well, there's something really natural. Like, there's one. See, I've seen. Uh, I'd wa- I've watched. I've had the uh, the the. I was so happy to watch it twice because there are several moments in the film that kind of fix. Uh, are you guys there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, for you, Jimmy. Oh, that's I'm weird. Here. I hear. Oh, well, thank you. I hear a weird uh, buzzing. Um, you can't see you. me. You can't see me, but I'm in the room. Oh my God! There. Oh wow! I feel you. Oh my gosh! Well, put that down. Uh, <laughs> uh, there was there was a moment like there, there's so much detail and there's uh, there's like if you question like like oh there's a plot hole because of this or be, there's because of that, you get it. There's no no there they there it's so well written so well constructed that there's hints 
that throughout, I don't want to give anything away. I'm trying to figure out how to say this, but there's there's moments where you could think it could be a plot hole, but it's like no, no, it's not. It actually works and it makes sense. Really, sure. just a, just a, he's an incredible filmmaker. He really is. I'd also just like to quickly mention uh, Michael Dorman, who plays the brother. Um, oh yeah, yeah, so perfectly smarmy and does <sighs> such a such a nice job of towing the line. Like you don't quite know where he's coming from or what his intentions are, and that can be difficult to play. Like with a lesser performance, it would be more obvious, I think. And I think he does a really good job um, of of having you guessing what what the deal with that character is. He was really good. Yeah, there is a good mystery element to this because, I mean, something we're not talking about is how Adrian becomes an invisible man or what have you. And I mm-hmm. think the movie does a good job of doling out the details and revealing things when you need to know them uh, that clue you in on what certain characters are up to, what the nature of this is. At the same time, I really like that you don't learn much about Adrian except for what Elizabeth Moss tells you about Adrian. I think that's very important mm-hmm. to, well, again, I, to uh, I think I think it's very important to get to the film's theme as far as how you're supposed to accept this and the fact that you're again trying to believe her. Like that you that's mm-hmm. just, you naturally need to. You don't and you don't the, Sorry. Yeah. Go. No, no, it's okay. And to that point I read an interview with with Lee where basically the quote boiled down to you don't need to know or see anything more about Adrian because whatever you as the audience member comes up with how he treated her is scarier than anything we could show. For sure. Mm-hmm. And like, like I think very... it comes and, and learning more about him comes at risk of like trying not necessarily trying to sympathize you with him, but trying to give you, you know, things you don't need, like a reason to not necessarily be on his side, but to like connect in some way that's just unimportant. What I think right. the, the it, movie... it's enough just for her to tell you he sucks and you mm-hmm. go with it. And what, yeah. the, and what the movie delivers on is he's a bastard. Like there's not. Like, oh there's, my god. There's not, there there, the, there are things that that he does. Oh my! I, it just made me so angry. Like in the best way. But I was like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> For sure. And then like as the film gets to kind of its third act, where things become way more violent, it's like, wow, there's a lot of there's a lot of creative chaos going on at this point. Oh um, yeah. Uh, can I say I, I want to say something because I, I've read a few comments like with reviews and stuff like that, and I, I I just really have to wonder. I've read a few people were saying, "Oh great, another movie about a woman terrorized by some killer, and then she goes and goes after the killer." Blah blah blah. I'm like, have you ever seen a horror film? I'm like literally every 80s movie. It was about a woman being terrorized and going after trying to have fight back a killer. I'm like, this is not a new concept, folks. This is not just a woke concept. Not not only is it a new concept, not not a new concept, but it's one that just it enhances it further. Like there's, I mean, there's plenty plenty of examples that you know have done. It's not like this is the first movie to attempt something like this, but I do think, given the time that we're in, especially there's a conscious effort to do something more with yeah. the premise. And I think it accomplishes mm-hmm. that quite well. You know, beautifully well, there's only like 20 stories you can tell. It's just about how you tell them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's the and execution it's... and this executes everything really well. And to your point, it is very timely. I don't want to, you know, call this a me too movie. Cause I think that might scare some people away, but it is very conscious in the way it deals with gender roles and gaslighting and who you believe Etc. You know, and I, I, I can't speak to that fully because I'm a man, but I, 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 I did find it 
for myself somewhat empowering in certain ways. So I can only imagine it might have that effect on other people too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How'd you guys appreciate the kind of the effects, both kind of visually in a CG capacity and in a lo-fi capacity for creating an invisible menace? They married Incredibly well. good. Yeah. yeah. There was a, I really didn't have an, a major issue with this film. And, and actually, like, like I said, saw it twice. I liked it more the second time because it actually, the questions I had the first time was like, well, did this work or did that work? Why did that was all answered because I knew, you know, I knew where it went and I knew where it was going. So, and, but weirdly enough, I was still as just as genuinely like clutching my fists, going screaming at the screen kind of in my, in a whispered mother, you know, just, it was, it's, it's such a powerful movie. It really is. I, I mean, I do have like an ancillary question that sure. really, in the in the scheme of things, I'm not gonna ask it here because it's spoilerish, okay. but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But I just was like, you know, I, I'm so into the movie, and I think the movie works so well that you got to just accept it anyway. But I, you know, I wasn't thinking about it till like a bit after the movie. But despite that, I mean. It's effective without that. I, I can see some a holes kind of move over this. It's like, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> it makes it, if that's bothering you. If that's bothering you that much, yeah. If that's bothering you that much, you suck at movies. So I mean, that's what yeah. it comes down to a lot of times. Yeah. It's like, well, welcome to film. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So, so, so it's not things... the it's not the purpose of the movie at all. So I mean, it's just a little detail that I was just like, hmm. But maybe, Jimmy, you said you saw it twice, questions were answered, so maybe second time around, be like, oh, okay. So I, uh, You can ask me if, if I, I might have an answer. For I'll ask you after. Remind me after the show, because I'm not okay. talking spoilers here. So. Cool. Damn right. Did you appreciate, I mean, it's a Lee Lonel film, and his previous film, Upgrade, was quite violent as well. Did you appreciate the kind of use of violence? I'll, I'll, say, I'll start first by saying I think there's scenes where it really pays off, but there is a whole, like, hallway sequence that like at the beginning it's like okay and then it became like who's next and it felt a little bit gratuitous at a point it, well it well i think it served a purpose and because oh, yeah. people that would ask like dumb questions of things that don't matter it actually uh for what it's used to progress in the story it just shows the challenges of having to get from that point to another point. Mm-hmm. So it Fair. wouldn't just be like, it wouldn't be just like exiting a door. Or... Be... I, I think, yeah, I think it had to, I, it kind of had to go to that extreme because for, for yes, for it to get from A to B, I think it had to. Honestly, it went from, it this, movie's, it. this movie's trying to base a lot of stuff in, if this could really happen type things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that comes in, I think. Yeah, I it's agree. It's interesting because I, I actually didn't, I mean, find the hallway scene to be particularly gory. No, uh, I didn't no, 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 it, no. It's, it's intense and it's more action-based. But yes. there's like two other instances in the film that are very violent. And I think it's used effectively because it's punctuating it with violence instead of, uh, being exploitative or celebrating violence, like this yeah, is that's not, exactly. Yeah. This is not like a Saw movie where gore is what it's trying to achieve. It's so a Neil I, Marshall school of violence. Like I, I could see a version of that hallway scene where like blood is squirting, like eyes are popping out, and it's not that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, there, there's, there's an opportunity to show. Yeah, not, there's no gore in this. 
a little bit of blood, but that's about it. Yeah, there's yeah, an but, opportunity to go with a big burst, and it the camera doesn't point in that direction. For, right. So. It's, you're you're not wrong. I and maybe I'm siding with myself and explaining it a little off, but like yeah, in terms of the sequence I'm thinking of particularly, yes, it, it just it's less about the gore, more about how much action there is in it. It does. It did rub me as this is Wano just having a lot of fun at this point, as far as how many well, I, tricks we can play. And I, I'm not saying that's bad necessarily. I'm just saying it, I, mm. I, I felt the scene. This feels like if there was an, you know, the unrated extended cut of the Invisible Man. This feels like this scene is the longer version of that scene compared to a, you know, a, a different version of it. I think it also is the point at which a, ca- a certain character snaps. Yeah, and, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a there's a necessity to. Well, you came to see a movie about the Invisible Man, like it's, it's yeah, like I, right. I get yeah. it. I was just curious. I'm like, yeah, all of these guys, like, <laughs> so many. There were a lot of them. <laughs> but I mean, going back to my own thoughts with Brandon, like, well, he originally kills literally hundreds of people, so what do I know? Like, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else we want to talk about with this movie? I feel like we're all pretty positive on it. Um... Yeah. So, I, I, I think, uh, gosh. Uh, you know, I do want to say how satisfying, and again, no spoilers, obviously, but man, I was really satisfied with the ending. It ended like it 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 could have ended earlier, and they could have cut out like the last, you know, basically they could have got rid of the last act to an extent and still made a made the movie work somehow. But man, that that I, I it's it's really one of the almost perfect ending. For me, at least it was I just as a, emotionally, I was like, OK, this is I, what good or bad. I'm not going to say, but it, it was wow. It was a great ending. And I, I there, and that's hard to do in a, in a yeah. horror film. And, and there's there's um, an acting choice in, in that bit that is just foxing delightful. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I. I know what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing as far as the kind of what you're supposed to feel in these moments towards the end. I guess my, not necessarily an issue, but the way I'm looking at it is where I just, there was no surprise element to me, I guess, is the best way I can put it, where it's like, this is just inevitably how things are going to play out because of ABC that led to this moment. That doesn't make it yeah, bad. Yeah, but there were so many mm-hmm. surprises up until then. No, for sure. And I'm, again, <laughs> well, no, you, no you're right. You're not wrong. You're, you're, was, I, I, I agree with you. I think the whole get to that point. Yes, yeah. I, I, it, the build, the build up, getting there is all earned and everything. It's just yeah. less of seeing seeing this play out. It's like, well, yeah, that's how it was going to play out. That doesn't make it dissatisfying. It, it just feels like if I was going to highlight like the things that I really like about this movie, I wouldn't put this at like the top of the list. I guess is the best way to put it. But I still think uh, it's a good see, ending. See, I, I mean, I, I don't want to <laughs> say it's, it's really tricky because you don't want to spoil too much. But I, I don't think I would have wanted it to end any other way. Oh sure, I no. I, I, in terms of what happens, I'm happy with yeah. what happens. I guess it's just and the lead I up like to it. the way it, was... it how it happens. I like sure. it. Just was so. Because I, the 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 gra- how how grounded in reality just makes it all the more potent. You're like, oh my god! I just I was like, literally, I'm still thinking about it, getting all just. I wanted to go. It was so. <laughs> I, I I really love this film. I really I'll love also, this film. I'll also say, and this is not a spoiler. Uh, I the I I appreciate that this movie is 
it's the Invisible Man, not the Invisible Man Chapter One, mm-hmm. not the Invisible Man part of the upcoming cinematic universe of Invisible Man, yeah, and Wolfman and Frankenstein's it's... Invisible Man colon ho- Hollow Horrors, yeah, Invisible Man Uprising. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's it's this movie. It's a one. It's a standalone film. Mm-hmm. If there's more to do with this later on, okay, we'll see. But like, I like the Invisible it, Agent. It it tells well, a complete story. Yeah, and I yes. mean, certainly you could use elements of it later on if need be, but yeah, it it's its own story, and that's what it needed to be. Well, that's why, I mean, with horror in general, people mistake trick endings as cliffhangers or open uh-huh. for a sequel. And now they do. Is, now <laughs> they do, and they, they do they do all older ones too, but they're just meant to be a quote-unquote gotcha. Twilight Zone ending, you know. Right. And or a gotcha ending. Yeah, gotcha mm. endings. Well, and... Watching like if you watch like the first Friday, like do you look at that ending and think, oh, they're gonna make Friday too, or do you think just like, oh, that's gonna creep me out? Well, Ice Cube was gonna come back. We, you know, we would do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, that first Friday was never meant to have. <laughs> yeah, it was all. It's just after the end of Black History Month, too. Thank you, <laughs> making me laugh. Um. But no, no, Halloween was not meant to have a sequel. It was just meant to scare you to let you know on your way to the parking lot that he's still out there. Like, yeah. it's it's not – that's what those endings mean. Yes, we got sequels, and sometimes yeah. they're good, sometimes they're bad. But, you know, it's, it, it's never meant to be like, oh, well, next time, you know, no. Yeah. But I, I do love what you're saying here. I do love now – especially in – I in our IP generated world when you get a standalone film with no other intentions, oh, it's relieving. IP when, freely. When should that's why you're here, Jimmy? When should people go and see this movie? Now. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> now, yeah, that's your answer. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would see it. I, 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 I didn't get to see it in IMAX, which really bums me out. I, I, I would be. This is a movie you want to see with a big crowd on the biggest screen possible period Max, you know if you like horror <laughs> me yeah yeah go see it now and if you can see it in dolby the 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 sound is, is super effective in that format mm. you should have already seen it in a <laughs> well atmos theater and if you are one of the horrible men as depicted in this movie and you're a player Make sure you got one of your ladies lined up for each night of the week so you can keep seeing it again and again. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, go see this movie. It's very good. It's a it's a very good horror film. It does what it needs to do. It delivers on its premise. It's very effective. I, I... One of the best studio-produced horror films in, in the past few years. It it's honestly very, is. It's very, very good. Uh, I'm impressed. Yeah. I look forward to what Lee Wano does next. Uh, yeah. I you know I'll say this he is he- heavily attached to this Escape from New York uh, redo yeah. and I would love to see Lee Winnell's Escape from New York. Me too. With with Wyatt Russell. Yes. Yes. Or take this if you want a gender swap, imagine Elizabeth Moss as Snake Plissken. I'd do it. I would take it. Okay. Fair or enough. Or Emily Blunt as Snake Plissken would be cool. Oh yeah. But if you want a gender swap. All right. We'll follow that out of the way. That's our review of The Invisible Man, which is in theaters now. Let's move on now to, uh, what, uh, what time is it here? I think it's time for some uh, some games. Cue the xylophone. So pretty. Thank you. That was, of course, the improv theme for games. 
And um, Abe does not join us this week, but he did leave me the game that he planned to play with us, which I can actually participate in. Uh, he structured it just right for me to be able to do so. Um, this is the it, this is a uh, rate this game. It's uh, where we guess in this case the IMDb scores of certain movies. Oh jeez. The main oh. subject here is the main oh, subject geez. here is invisible characters. Jeez, so I have a list of movies. Um, and he has a bar here that are all grayed out, so once I highlight it, then I'll be able to see the answer. So we can all guess before I reveal it, and we'll find out who uh, gets on the board for all this. But yeah, it's a series of movies that all feature invisible characters, and you have to guess what the IMDb score is. Can I so, just ask how, how specific you want our guess to be? It's like going to be... It's going to be... Yeah, it's going to be blank, point, blank. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Let's start with Jimmy for Alice in Wonderland 2010. Ooh, I would say the IMDb score, I would yeah. probably say 6.3. Okay. Maxwell, what do you think the IMDb score is for Alice in Wonderland? 7.1. 7.1. Brandon? 6.1. Oh, Jesus. I'll say 6.5. Let's see here. What is the answer? 6.4! Wow. <laughs> So what, Jimmy, you had three? Wow, right? I was going to guess 6.4, and then Jimmy is said 6.3, and I said, wow. you know what, I'm going to go down. Is it Price is Right rules, closest without going over? Yeah, I'll we'll do yeah. that in this case. So Jimmy, Jimmy you're on the Jimmy board. Wins. Yep. Woohoo! Jimmy's on the board of a point. I win. Okay. <laughs> I'm number one. I'm number one. Here's the next one. The Invisible Man Returns from 1940. Brandon, we'll start with you. What do you think the INDB score is for The Invisible Man Returns? <clears throat> uh, 5.8. 5.8. Maxwell? 4.7. 4.7. Jimmy? Ooh, I'm going to be a little more... Uh, I would say probably a 6.5. Brandon, what did you have? 5.7? 5.8. 5.8. Max, we went lower. Jeez. I will say... I'll say 6 on the nose. How about that? Let's see here. What's the you can't see the nose, so how can you put it there? <laughs> The answer mm. is six point six. Wow! Oh my oh. God, Jimmy, what you? I swear to God, I, I'm it's not a hit with the IMDb beers. Oh Jimmy, what what do you say? Six point five. Six point five, right? Yeah, okay, Jimmy. I'm like one off of all these. He's leading the board here. Okay, next one, Jeez. Hollow Man. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go first with Hollow Man. I will I will say I'm gonna say six point one. Uh, <laughs> Maxwell, what do you guess? Five and a half. Five point five. Jimmy? Five point eight. eight. Oh. Brandon? Five point six. Five point six. <laughs> Hollow Man. Am I the highest? Probably Hollow five point nine. The Hollow Man is five point eight. Oh my god, Jesus. <laughs> I swear to god I'm not looking at right. Okay. Wow. Jimmy's running away with this so far. Here's the next one. Predator two. Maxwell, what do you think Predator 2 has? Oh, God, four and a half. Brandon? Six. Jimmy? 6.3. I'm going with that again. It's either like right between you guys or lower, but I'm going to say 6.2. Jump right in that middle. Should have done 6.4. There we go. <laughs> it has 6.3. <laughs> no, you're lying. Really? 6.3. Oh. oh my God! I, I I swear to God, you went over. Really, I'm no, not yeah. even. 
No, I did, did six point three. I thought you went. Did you no, I said you. I should. I said that Aaron should have picked six point four after I oh, okay, gave okay. his answer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Somehow well. Jimmy's dominating this game, guys. Wow. <laughs> Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Jimmy, let's start with you. What do you think Harry Ooh, Potter is? Uh, let's go with uh, Harry Potter. Those movies, people like that crap, right? Um, yeah. 6.9. Okay. Maxwell? 8.1. Brandon? 7.4. Azkaban's pretty well liked. Okay, I, I probably it. lost this one. <laughs> Maxwell, you said wait, 8.1? Yeah. I'll say 7.9. I'm going there. The answer is... <laughs> it's 7.9 on the dose. Oh, wow. <laughs> there you go. All righty. One for me. <laughs> All right. What do we got? Next one is Fantastic Four 2005. So the first oh. version of Fantastic oh. Four with uh, Yawan Griffith, uh, Michael Chiklis, Jessica Alba, and of course Captain America himself presents. Uh, Brandon, what do you think Fantastic Four has? 5.2. 5.2. Maxwell? 3.3. I think 2005, well, that's more than 3.3. I'm going to go... I'm going to go... What'd you say, Brandon? 5.3? 5.2. I'm going to say 5.8. Jimmy? 5.5. 5.5. Okay. Here we go. 5.7. Oh, sh- oh. So I'm over. I, <laughs> I'm yep. one, I'm so one over. This so, game is <laughs> This game is stupid. <laughs> I hate Blame, it. Oh, Blame the IMDb Abe users. Abe is sick, and I'm sick of Abe's games. I hate it almost as much as I hate Ma. <laughs> oh, here's the next one. Lord of the Rings in the Fellowship of the Ring. Let's mm. let's uh, Maxwell. What do you think Fellowship of the Ring has? Eight point nine. Jimmy. Eight point two. Brandon. 8.6. I was going to do 8.9, but now... Like, I'll jump right. right. I'll say 8.4. There we go. What is it going to be? It's going to be 9. Oh, shit. It's 8.8. Oh, I... oh, wow. Son of a fox! <laughs> <laughs> is that Brandon? Is that your point? I foxed scored. Yep. Mm. All right. All right. Got a few more here. That's Monsters, Inc. Awesome. Monsters, Inc. Monsters, mm. Inc. Um... I'll go first on Monsters, Inc. I'll say 7.7. I think people like Monsters, Inc. Mm. Uh, Jimmy, where do you think Monsters, Inc. is? Well, you took mine. I was going to say 7.7. I'm going to go 7. I'm just going to mess with you. I'm going to say 7.8. Okay. Maxwell? 7.9. Brandon? 7.1. Okay. Brandon might win just by being the lowest. Yeah. In the middle of all of us. Let's see. <laughs> Shit. It's 8. It's 8. Eight on the nose. Oh, I guess. So that's Maxwell's point, right? Maxwell, you had some point. Oh, wow. Maybe not so stupid after all. <laughs> <laughs> now. now we're keeping score from here on out. There we go. Uh-huh, well, there's sure. there's there's three left, so well none of us will win, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's still Jimmy's game. But let's let's play this anyway. Woohoo! Um, the Hobbit, the Desolation of Smaug. 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 Uh, Brandon, what do you think? Uh, Hobbit has. Hobbit 2 is still Hobbiting. Hobbit 2? Yeah. Six on the dot. Six on the dot. Maxwell. I was going to say that. Uh, 5.9. Jimmy? Uh, 6.8. Oh. I think people like Smaug. I'm going to say 7. Yeah, I'm going to say 7 on the nose. 
It's my favorite of them for what it's worth. Seven point eight. Wow. Super high. Oh. People like Bard the Bowman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I like it. It's a good movie. They, they like Dracula Untold. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Shaw. Exactly. Yeah, Owen Shaw. Curiously not in Hobbs and Shaw. Not even mentioned, despite being yeah, like... about family members. <laughs> it's almost like that movie was half-assed. Uh, the next one, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh. Oh. Yeah, that. I believe the answer is, hey. People um, like that one. <laughs> I will, I'm going to go first on this. I will say, ooh, this one, people like that. I'm going to say 8.2. I'm probably higher. Uh, Maxwell, where you have Spider-Man? Nine even. Nine even. Brandon. I'm going to go with the, I think it should be much higher than it is, but disappointingly looking, it's a 7.8. Jimmy? Uh, 8.4. Okay, I had two, so let's see. It's 8.4 on the dot. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, this game's awesome. We should do this all the time. <laughs> I'll make a note of this, Dave. Never do this again with Jimmy O. <laughs> Jimmy wins. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. The last one. One more. Miss Mer- Peregrine's Mercy, Home no for Mercy Peculiar rule? Children. What? No Mercy Rule? The No Mercy Rule. Yeah, the No Mercy Rule. <laughs> the last one. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. Maxwell, what do you think Miss Peregrine has? Uh, 4.7. 4.7. Brandon. 5.1. 5.1, Jimmy. 5.8. I'll give it a six. I think Burton Burton's got some some fans on this one. I yeah, like that movie. I like that movie, but yeah, I'm pretty too. sure it's a I low scoring too. one. It's six point seven. It's it's way wow. You guys. wow. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah. That might as well go. be a ten. I know. <laughs> It's a, it's a Burton 10, as they call it on IMDb. Yeah. Uh, well, with, with, with the scores are in, uh, Brandon Maxwell, you both made it onto the board, so you oh. have that going for you. With one yes. Not you going home in shame. Not going home in shame. Amazing. I'm so proud of you both. I got in there with three points, but uh, Jimmy, you doubled my score with six. You were the ultimate Woo! winner of Invisible Woo! Characters. IMDb How many did he edition. nail? <laughs> or get within point one? Like, at least three of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's that. that I, I'm legitimately shocked because i don't pay attention to imdb scores at all that was just you're literally just guessing that in touch with the populace apparently i am I'm, I'm i'm one of the people well yeah that was games and a good game at that thank you abe thank you thank you thank you for, for contributing this and making it so all of us can play i was happy to play along uh, oh that's cool yeah um all right let's move on now let's get to some at now feedback Feedback, feedback, feedback. Feedback, feedback. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to all of our listeners, and they gave us answers. Then they gave us some questions that we can answer. So I'll go through all these. Jimmy, Brandon, Maxwell, feel free to lend in your answers as we go through them. First one we have here, name some great films about wanting to fight back. Chris writes, Carrie, Hard Candy, and Green Room. Justin has From Dust Till Dawn, the original Red Dawn, Jaws, Alien, Star Wars, and I'm going to add Wild Wild West because he just likes doing that. Mm. So it was about one to fight back. Uh, I love Lady Vengeance. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite revenge movie ever. Savage Streets, Linda Blair. Yeah, baby. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. 
I spit on your grave, both the original and the remake. There you go. All right. Speaking of, what one has Chad Lindbergh, so there you go. All right, next question we have here. What are some great films about characters who no one believes is telling the truth? Chris oh. has 12 Monkeys and Rear Window. Boom. He wrote boom in there. It's very exciting. They should. Good <laughs> They're good one. answers. You're not, not yeah, those are good answers. Yeah. Justin has The Negotiator and Primal Fear. Mm. Films about characters who no one believes is telling the truth. Um, Peep's Dragon? I don't know. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea. That's, that's an answer. Uh, Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, I, Part 6. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's Plug a really for good one. coming up episode. Of- how, about, how about this? Yeah. 12 Angry Men. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Except Henry Fonda. <laughs> Who may yeah. have negotiated a murderer to get free. Just saying, guys. I don't know. But uh, Disturbia? Oh. <laughs> this accent Super you're using. Right <laughs> uh, you know, this movie's terrible, but remember 88 Minutes with Al Pacino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The movie's, he, yeah. he died the, in that one, right? That movie's garbage. No, he didn't die in that one. He, he oh, like wait, gets, what am I thinking? Oh, it's a De Niro one that okay, came around the same time. Yeah, it, but he gets the best of... But, like, I, the trailer... <laughs> I remember, is it it's 88 like, minutes, or is that just is that false advertising? I think the movie is 88 minutes, but it still cheats it okay. anyway. Like, it's still, like, it doesn't actually... Like, it take the movie... The amount of time that passes in the movie is more than that, but I still think the movie's, you know, really short because it's a crappy movie. But oh, I, I remember I remember the trailer specifically where it's like all these things are happening and he's like screaming at some guys like, What did I did I bomb my house? Did I mail myself the 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 infinite? Like he's just like yelling things and like it's like as if as if no one believes him. That's why I thought of the that movie, because it's it's awful. But uh, <laughs> uh Alright, next one. What are some great modern movie monsters? Uh, Chris has the Babadook, the Monsters from Attack the mm. Block, and Under the Skin. Todd has Monsters oh. Inc. And Quiet Place. Writes, and Quiet Place is a good one. Yeah, uh, yeah. writes, uh, I don't know, but I'm personally very excited for Antlers. Mm, yeah, that looks so, great. <clears throat> to Antlers. <laughs> I would add no. the the Pale Man from Pan's Labyrinth. Mm, yeah, yeah, great that's... one. I mean, basically any creature Guillermo del Toro has created. I think in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald Trump, a Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> All right. What are some great intense horror movie performances? <laughs> just your answer just ties into this one. Um, what are some great intense horror movie performances? Uh, Justin has Get Out. Uh, not specific. Some of these are specific, some aren't. Uh, Chris has Train to Basan and Hereditary for intense dread. Mm. Uh, Christopher has The Exorcist, Unfriended, Mirrors, Don't Breathe, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, Quarantine, The Mist, Hellraiser, Carrie, the original. No one needs to point out that it's the original. No one's ever going to talk about the remake of Harry ever again. No, uh, ever. Night yeah. of the Living Dead, 28 Days Later, and Dawn of the Dead, specifically the remake. <laughs> so. well, I, I have a go, go-to answer for this. Usually, uh, Isabella Johnny Possession. Oh yeah, you mentioned that before on, on, on our horror episodes. Yeah. Uh, Todd uh, Todd Lieben, a friend of the show, he put Linda Blair in The Exorcist and John Lithgow in Twilight Zone: Colon the Movie. 
What about Florence Pugh for uh, Midsommar? I mean, she was fantastic in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's mid Midsommar. Midsommar? No, Midsommar. No. Yes. Midsommar? Midsommar. <laughs> That's how we say it in L.A. <laughs> I, I, uh, I pronounce it It's a Me, Midsommar. Oh, God. Let's move Midsommar. on. <laughs> <laughs> Midsommar. Um, S.C. Davis and the Babadook is my general answer. Um, She's great. She's uh, excellent in that movie. Next question we have here. Name some movies that make fun of the super rich. This is uh, for for the movie Greed with Steve Coogan that just opened. Um, Scott writes, The Ruling Class, my favorite British comedy, and one of O'Toole's most memorable performances. Uh, Chris writes, The Favorite, Three Musketeers, the Richard Lester version, History of the World, Mm -hmm. Volume 1, Clueless, Trading Places, The Blues Brothers, and The Great Race. Nguyen writes uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Maxwell, you have Paris Out, Knives Out, and Ready or Not. That's just a good trio of films. Mm. Uh, Jim Dietz, friend of the show, has Brazil, Elysium, uh, Citizen, and Citizen Kane, of course. And Justin has Down and Out in Beverly Hills. And Brandon and me have Society. Yeah. <laughs> society. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Let's see. Our next question here: What movie character would you have save you from a horror movie monster? Justin has Jim West from Wild Wild West because why not? Uh, Nippon has Black Widow, and Jeff has Constantine. What movie character would you have save you from a horror movie monster? Michael Myers in Halloween, because then he could like they, he could go and kill off the monster, and I could run away. So you'd like you'd have like the druid cult power to command yeah. Michael. You'd put the exactly. put the ruins down <laughs> and exactly. summon him as you need to. That's what I would I would use that. Terrible answer, but I, I liked it. I, I accept it. Sarah Connor. Yeah, get the job done, right? Probably. Yeah. Brandon, any any characters you'd have save you from horror movie monsters? Uh, Would you pull Kevin, a Freddy versus Kevin, Jason and like get, get Jason out of there? And, uh, Kevin McAllister, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. <laughs> well, he's, he's good of a paint can, I guess. Yeah. Yep. He dealt with some monsters, all right. Yeah. No, um, character. Well, Ash, right? Evil Dead? Oh, Easy. Sure. He's pretty good. Or Reggie from Phantasm? <laughs> the ice cream man? Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but not the t- not the movie version. Sarah Michelle Geller. Yes. There is only one for me. Not the Ben Affleck my- movie? Buffy the Vampire Slayer? <laughs> no, that wasn't Ben Affleck. That was Luke Perry. Ben Affleck's in it, too. No, he's not. Oh! Yes. He is. Yeah, he's got, like, one team. I know what movie I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer starring Ben Affleck as basketball player in the background. Yes, basketball player in the background. Exactly. <laughs> I forgot he was in that. Yeah. Luke Perry, like, man. Give Luke Perry props. That's the guy. poster I read. It says Ben Affleck, Paul Rubens, then Luke Perry, then Christy Summers, and then um, Donald Sutherland. Christy Swanson. Swanson. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, whatever. Who is a crazy conservative nutbag now? <laughs> she's been, yeah, she's, she's changed. She's changed. Sarah Michelle Geller. That's my Buffy. All right. Agreed. 
Now we get to some questions that you guys gave us here. And uh, Maxwell, you wrote, you wrote a great question down here. What filmmakers going to be on the show? So, <laughs> what filmmakers would you like to see try their own attempt at new adaptations of classic Universal monsters? I feel like we should avoid Guillermo. I feel like that's too obvious. I, I think we've. Mm-hmm. I, I think we have. We understand. Yeah, he could probably do it. It'd probably be great. Um, <laughs> Robert Eggers. Oh, I what would he do? I would love to see Robert Eggers Nos- Nosferatu. I, was he playing and doing a remake of that? That sounds familiar. I, I yeah, that. I believe yeah. he was. I'm going to look it up because now. Well, that sounds really. Yeah, I, I, feel, I, I feel like I've definitely heard that. Uh, okay, what else? What, what other directors? What would Ari Oster do? What would, what would he get his hands on for a Universal Monster movie? Ooh, what about uh, Freaks? Freaks. Freaks or, or, ooh, you know what he could do? Bride of, the, Bride of Frankenstein. About uh, like a relationship drama? Yeah. Much like yeah. his movie. Yeah. How about a, um, how about like a Neil Marshall Wolfman? Heard he did Dog Soldiers. Sure. There you go. <clears throat> Ryan Johnson's The Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah, there you go. Mm, okay. Um, Uva Bowl and no, just kidding. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, that was fun. <laughs> um, I'd like to see James Wan. James Wan do Creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay. Isn't, cool. isn't that just Aquaman 2? Basically, yeah. yeah. You're a move, James. We'll get, we'll get that. <laughs> My man. <laughs> He's a big yes, pat Robert, in the back. Robert Eagers on, on IMDb has uh, Nosferatu with uh, shockingly cast Anya Taylor-Joy. Um, I'm surprised to hear that. I know. Shocking. I know. <laughs> Absolute shocking. All right. Next question we have here. This one's from Justin pretty straightforward what are your all-time favorite horror films and why going back and watching a lot of older horror movies i am kind of partial to the more practical effects the thing is still scary to me not the new well yeah no one <laughs> the thing um, I, well, I didn't hate that movie but i i get that i i it wasn't great but i i didn't hate it the the cg but, yeah, just was yeah it was the cg was a little off yeah it's just like this isn't the thing anymore this is just some other yeah. thing that i don't like um I mean, this could be a layered answer because of the guests I have with me today, but is there any, like, general yeah. shout-out you want to give for a favorite horror movie? Or one you want to, like, Dark. champion? Near Dark? Near Dark's great. Um, I love My Bloody Valentine. I don't think that movie gets enough love. I really don't. I love both of them. I love the... Uh, I, I'm, I'm still bummed that never got a sequel. Like, Ever. 3D is very entertaining. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. The 3D is awesome. That, Those that could be watched blast. back to back and you wouldn't be bored. Like no. uh, the original remake, it's great. They're really good. They're really James good. James and um, is in there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Brandon, you're ride or die Halloween, so I mean. Uh, yeah, ride or die <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, you don't even need to say that. Like, right. You don't need to see Halloween. You don't need to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, you know, I'm going to add The Changeling. I think that is a perfect film. I really do recommend, highly recommend if you are a fan of slashers and stuff, and uh, Jimmy will be showing it on the big screen soon, but The Final Girl, 
a terrific uh, tribute to Slasher. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have to talk about that, of course, because it's the a Final big, Girls, awesome yeah. thing. It's yeah, a- we have tons to talk about with that, so before we go. I, I mean, this is such a <laughs> layer. I'll just throw in session nine for now because I just like shouting. Yeah, very good. Ooh, very good. that's yep, a very good one. I like it. I like it. All right, we got one more question. Jim Dietz, friend of the show, writes: What franchise or IP is most due for a fresh take or reimagining? Creature from Black Lagoon. He's never been picked mm-hmm. up. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, we have Shape of Water, Best Picture winner, but I mean, the, <laughs> like, real deal Creature from Black Lagoon movie. Uh, aside from like Monster Squad and stuff, he's just the one that just gets passed over. Uh, John Carpenter was trying to do one in the '90s, but uh, wound up mm-hmm. with the memoirs of Invisible Man, which is not a bad Invisible Man take itself. Um, instead, but not as good as the uh, the the scene in Amazon Women on the Moon with Ed Begley Jr. Right <laughs> about the Invisible Man. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. It's uh, on YouTube. Watch in doing it. a in, in doing a new yes, creature please. movie, would you want it be like set today, or would you want like a throwback retro creature film? Whatever fits it, whatever fits the director, whatever makes the best movie. I don't really sure. Yeah, I mean, work better with less technology. Um, but you could find a great way to have it with good technology. Although he he in the old days he's more like a Jason Voorhees proto proto Jason Voorhees that would come later. Mm-hmm. You watch the movies he's very much in the vein of what would later be a slasher villain but who knows the best take i'll take you know i'm just i'm just thinking of like the mummy versus like this movie the invisible man where you know that movie's set in the past and it, like it works in this kind of like you know indiana jonesy-ish type of adventure but right I, I think there'd be something interesting to do with having just like you know african queen <laughs> with invisible I actually, know, with, uh, creature I actually, kind of thing going lee, on. I actually asked lee why if he chose to make a modernized story of this film, and he gave me a really interesting answer. He didn't like the idea of trying to go, oh, let's go back in time and do a clop clop horses. It's, it's really, he he really felt it needed to be a modern story, and I, I think that maybe that is a possible. I think Creature from Black Lagoon could easily be a modern story. Okay, oh, I'm just and I, again, I, like Brandon, you're saying, I, I just think, yeah, whatever filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have an idea for a story that could work out effectively, I think there's you know ways to do it in any any realm. Um, like, I, yeah, most of the time, best movie like something like a Friday the Thirteenth. I think I'd love to see a retro throwback to the '80s take on it, with maybe a little bit of comedy, but still nail the horror. You can watch you that. You should go see a Friday the Thirteenth screening and a 40th anniversary screening. We'll get to your we'll get to your plug, okay? <laughs> Jesus, God, we're almost done. Okay. <laughs> There, that was enough feedback. Okay, that's Jeez. pretty good. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's get to let's start let's start wrapping things up. We'll get to some out now presents. What's out now? These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray, 4K, DVD, and all that this week. Uh, first up on home release, we have uh, and feel free to give a yay or nay to these as I go through them. We have Queen and Slim, which uh, I was a big fan of. I like Queen and Slim. That's all right. Um, Dark Waters. They knew. Um, that was pretty good. I like, I like Dark Waters too. Uh, Nitsa, this is like a this is the Chinese movie that like made like a ton of money in China, I believe. Uh, it's like an animated film, if I'm not mistaken. Ah, uh, that's out on uh, release this week. Uh, Titans season two. Yep, that's a show to, on a service. I'm holding my headphones. I'm trying to hear the excitement that the Titans is on. 
Uh, Blu-ray. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, from Kino this week, Sergio Leone's Westerns. You have the Man of No Name trilogy along with uh, Fistful of Dynamite and Once Upon a Time in the West. So you got a five-pack set there from Sergio Leone on the new Blu-ray release from Kino. Yeah. Uh, that's good stuff. I didn't realize yeah. it came out so soon. Yeah, I, I was surprised too when I saw it. I was like, oh, that's out already? <laughs> but, um, and also on 4K this week, Wally, Monsters Inc., Monsters U, A Bug's Life, and Up. Oh, wow. All, the, all, the, all those Pixar films are now on 4K this week, so there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up on streaming this week, uh, first of on Netflix, we have I Am Not Okay with This. This is a new series with uh, what's their name? Sophia Lewis, yeah, Sophia Lewis yeah. from the from the It films, as well as I believe for one of her co-stars, the, the Stanley, the guy who played Stanley. Yeah, um, he's in it too. Yeah, it's like uh, it looks like a mix of things, like a high school coming of age thing with like some Stranger Things stuff thrown in there, a variety of things. I think it's based off a graphic novel, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's up on there now. Um, Altered Carbon season two. Starting with Anthony Mackie in the lead this well, time around. Watch the first one. Curious. Looking forward to it. Uh, Queen Sono, season <laughs> one. This is about an African spy. I'm intrigued. Oh. Um, All Bright Places. There's a new, uh, let's see, a YA adaptation with uh, Justice Smith and Elle Fanning. Oh. And it's from the director yeah, of uh, okay. Heartbeat, Heartbeat, Hearts Beat Loud. That, that director. <coughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. And I wrote this down because I thought Abe was going to be with me this week. Jerry Maguire's on Netflix, and, and he loves Jerry Maguire because that movie's great. Oh, uh, uh, you complete me. Secret Garden. Um, nothing much new on Prime this week, but I wrote down The Descent Two is now on Prime. Uh, I've, I've never, I've never saw the sequel to The Descent, but I've always heard good oh, things. Oh, it's it. not that good. It's pretty bad. I'm, I'm it's, sure. I mean, I, I'm expecting pretty... it to be, I'm expecting it to be like Jaws Two. Like, oh yeah, they made it. I want that. It's I want that. About, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not as good as Jaws too. It's it's not that. It's it, yeah. Right. It's not great. It's not great. I've heard decent. I've heard decent things about the descent. No. The, the second one. No. So. All right. No. Well, I'm sure it's like 80 <laughs> minutes, so it probably wouldn't be a hard watch for me to put on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> if you have nothing else to do, perfect. Go like for I've it. never actually seen Candyman three, but it's on Prime. So it's like, well, I could put that on at some point in the background while I do other work. <laughs> so, oh sure. Because I I know it's probably terrible. But, oh, uh... it's terrible. Yeah, but it's Candyman two, but you know, different. All right. Well, that's what's out now. Uh, next week's show. Next week, we're going to talk about Onward, the latest Pixar film. With a great uh, Randy Carlyle song. Apparently. And um, <laughs> last thing we do here, what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Brandon Peters, what should people see in theaters right now? This one. Invisible yeah. Man. Go see it. Um, I will give another modern monster kind of shout-out thing. The uh, BBC series of Dracula from Stephen Moffat. And Mark Gatiss, who you remember from Sherlock and uh, the Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi run of Doctor Who, have a Dracula series uh, on. It's on Netflix, I guess, uh, now. And um, it's really three. It's a three part miniseries. It's it's a great uh, spin on the classical take and a surprising uh, way to close out that I thought was just pretty terrific. And I had a lot of fun with it. So if you're open to a Nice new interpretation of Dracula and this guy. This uh, was it, Klaus Bang or something? Is yeah, his Klaus name? Bang, yeah, really cool Dracula. Really different. It's, I watched uh, the first and I haven't seen the other two yet, but I, yeah. I do like that the 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 uh, the Moffat like that stuff in general. Yeah, so. I like the way this is told, and I was honestly surprised 
uh, when it turned into episode three. Like, I'll just say that. So it's it's a it's a cool, cool show. What do you see next? Uh, onward. Maxwell, what you people see in theaters right now? Yeah, I mean, The Invisible Man. And if you want to check out Wendy, if it's playing near you, uh, I don't know what its expansion plans are, but yeah. Cool. What's next? Uh, and then we danced and The Way Back. Mm. All right. Jimmy, what do people see in uh, theaters? Invisible Man and obviously Impractical Jokers. I don't need to see it to know it's great. Uh, I will be seeing it this week. Um, so that's what I'll probably be seeing this week. Invisible Man. And I believe I will be seeing The Hunt at some time very soon. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I'm sure Ooh. I'm probably going to see that, too, at some point. Soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Invisible Man is very good. It's in theaters now. Uh, I, the Whistler is a movie I saw a, few, a little while ago. This Romanian film that it's like if the Coen brothers went to Romania and became Romanian and made a cool movie. Um, it's pretty good. Oh. And, it, and it's out in theaters now. Um, I, I quite enjoyed it. And uh, Emma is out in theaters now. I thought that was pretty good, too. Oh, I want to see that one. That looks good. And uh, First Cow is the next movie I'm seeing. The new oh, Kelly Reichardt film. Kelly Reichardt. Which, which I'm uh, looking Ooh. forward to. Yeah, it's me like too. It's like a really good story. Um, big, all right. Big on cows, so can't wait. <laughs> well... That's going to do it for this week's episode of Out Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I'm also writing my weekly movie reviews over at We Live Entertainment, as well as my Walking Dead write-ups. And I'm filing in a lot of Criterion reviews lately over on Why So Blue. Uh, Maxwell, we're going to find more of you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell. Brandon Peters, where can we find you? Call Cinema Cavalcade. Call Cinema Cavalcade.com. Whysoblue.com. At BT Peters. And, uh, yeah, that's all I want you saying. All right. That's all of us. I guess. Oh, wait, no, Jimmy, what, what do you have to play? <laughs> oh, gee. Okay. I'm going to make this really quick. So, okay. Impractical Jokers, the movie is now available. <laughs> on... No, no, I, I can't waste time with that. March 13th. We are doing a Friday the 13th, the Mercy experience. It's the 40th anniversary of the film. Friday the 13th is, uh, Friday the 13th and the original sleepaway camp. Saturday night is ladies night with Friday the 13th, the original Friday the 13th and the final girls with the director, some of the writers and some of the cast members in, they're going to be there to have a great chat with Taylor Ferber from the talk to me, Taylor.com. And uh, Brittany Fontaine is going to be doing some really ghoulish makeup for the experience. I highly recommend it. Get your tickets at fine arts theaters, Beverly Hills. I believe it's fineartstheatersbh.com. Uh, it's going to be amazing. And I, you can also watch a new series I have on Viddy Space called Sound Scary. Uh, it premieres every other Friday. We're really happy about the show. It's going to be on Amazon Prime soon, hopefully. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, of course, joeblow.com and arrowinthehead.com and, you know, Twitter and all that crap. Very cool. Yeah, the Flicks for Fans event sounds uh, really fun. So You should get, yeah, definitely yeah, people... should go. People in the L.A. area should be sure to check that out. Um, it would be amazing. And, yeah, The Final Girls. That's just a really good movie. Brandon, you mentioned that one earlier as well. Yes, sir. There's a, this is so minor compared to everything else that happens in that movie. There's a, Thomas Middleditch is in it. He has a bit where he just, like, tries to get over a velvet rope to talk to somebody, and it's just really funny. Like, <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> wanted to mention that. Like, it just, it's just little stuff that he does that makes me laugh. Well, let's just um, say he may he may have done something nice to help us out with this. Uh, we, we got a lot of love, and we actually got a really sweet, sweet, amazing thing from Sean Cunningham. So I'm, 
I'm really, really happy about this event, and I hope people come and see it and experience this amazing first film on the big screen. I, I, I can't wait. Very cool. Well, with all that said, you can find out all the other episodes of Out Now There and Abe on iTunes, Audio Boom, Spotify, and Stitcher. Feel free to follow, uh, email us at outnowpockets at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, facebook.com slash podcast, twitter.com slash underscore podcast, and instagram.com slash underscore podcast. Uh, all of those things. Dogs barking. Dog agrees. <laughs> uh, Jimmy, Brandon, Maxwell, thank you all for joining me this evening to discuss Middle Ismo Man. Thanks for having us. Thank you. For sure. No, glad to have you guys all here. Good times as always. Thank you for the listeners for chiming in with all your feedback and whatnot and listening in general. It's great to just keep doing the show and have you guys all paying attention. Uh, but yeah, with all that said, that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, so long and goodbye. Maxwell's point, right? Maxwell, you had some oh, point. Wow. Maybe not so stupid after all. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no.